What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Navigate with Faith podcast. This is your girl, Sierra. And Elisa. And we are two cool Christian chicks. We're coming at you today with some more living room talk. You already know. I mean, on the cell phone in the living room, on the couch, crisscross applesauce with no shoes on top. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only person who's sitting on the couch like that? Um, I do until my legs fall asleep. Okay. You know. Okay. So, I mean, I'd like it in theory, but then, you know, my body be like, no. Okay, so this is us coming to you with that however you sit on the couch. Talk. There it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Shout out to bad circulation folks out there. You, you know need to stretch I mean? your legs out a little bit. Yeah, I, you know what? Yeah, I'm keep y'all in my prayers. So, but <laughs> speaking of on the couch, on the phone, right? Uh-huh. A lot of conversations we be having, not not we, like you and I, but I do think, especially women, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know that the men are bad about this, but women, when we talk on the phone, we call each other the vent. We call each other in frustration. Yeah. There's a thin line between what we be doing and, and gossiping. Mm-hmm. And um, because it's a thin line, I think we should discuss frustration versus judgment, yeah. right? Like. Yeah. How do you know when you judging somebody? Mm-hmm. When is too much too much, right? Because I don't know that I, you know I mean, biblically, you know, we know some things, but I don't know that I've ever even heard anything out there with that kind of advice. Yeah, absolutely. I think if anything, we typically tend to justify our conversation by saying, oh, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just frustrated. Mm-hmm. I just need to get this out so I can mm-hmm. get over it. And we speak in a way that is not pleasing unto God, but we figure, oh, okay, well, this is better than me going off on a shoulder or like, you know, um, cussing somebody out mm-hmm. or it's better than us, you know, treating somebody bad, mm-hmm. you know, in person or face to face. And so we're just like, oh, okay, well, let me just get this out. Oh, gosh, girl, let me tell you. And we all have had it where, you know, situations where we have like just called our friends and then like, oh, my gosh, girl, I just got to be. You know, so we we preface the conversation as you about to hear some mess or what's the tea <laughs> mm-hmm. or girl, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that we do often spend more time justifying it because it does feel good for us to one get a on the same page, get a camaraderie going as like, OK, am I the only one who feels like this? And then somebody else, no, girl, you right. You right. Yep. I get why you feel like that. So it's almost a way that we use to um, justify our ill feelings toward other people, too. We need somebody who's on board with us. So we'd be like, hey, girl, let me tell you the story. We frame it, you know, in a way that justifies our frustration. And then when our homegirl agrees and cosigns, we're like, cool, because, you know, I knew I I wasn't tripping about Shelly. I knew I wasn't tripping about that girl. I knew Mm. I wasn't tripping about that coworker. Mm. And so we got to look at what the word says about it, because ultimately— I know that one thing I love about me and Sierra's friendship is we often will say and catch ourselves, oh my gosh, wait, hold on. Are we gossiping right now? <laughs> or we'll say, hold on, okay, this is getting a little gossipy. I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. And mm-hmm. I remember there was a season where we were making sure we were like, we do not want to gossip. We want to make sure that we're not gossiping. <laughs> and so, you know, anytime when it would come up, we knew the content of our conversations. We knew the fact that we had already established a precedence of checking ourselves mid-conversation and so it was easier to answer those questions but I think it's also very easy to fall from reiterating into gossiping from frustration to judging someone and so what is that line are we allowed to be frustrated vocally it was what does God say about that you know let's we need to dive into that so let's pray about it okay 
Father God, we just want to say thank you. We're here again with our hearts and minds clear. Uh, we're asking in the name of Jesus that you speak through us and allow your word to be heard to your audience. Father God, you know, there is a thin line between a lot of things, Father God, and an attempt to walk in faith and to be spiritual, Father God. You know, this is the kind of content that we need. So what I'm asking you in the name of Jesus that you speak through Elisa and I, that you bless the ears of the audience, um, that they're able to take away something and change their whole way of talking, change their whole way um, of dealing with things or dealing with people, Father God. We're just asking for a redirection in the name of Jesus. So I love you, Lord God. And I want to thank you in advance for what it is that you are about to say and what it is that you are about to do through our lives for others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, friend, yeah, I have a question for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. When do you catch yourself? At what point, what characteristics, what, what things come up that make you say, you know what, I'm probably walking that line. Mm-hmm. I, I, I need to pull back. What, what is that moment for you? Mm-hmm. In my opinion, my frustration is usually with the situation. And I think that I begin to... Uh, judge people if I start to use derogatory adjectives about the person, Mm. right? So I think once I start to speak ill about somebody, um, then that's a problem. You know what I mean? If I start to say, you know what I mean, you know what I mean? Call somebody an adjective that is ungodly, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I think, okay, at that point, then I might be judging you. I also think that, you know, if I treat them, the way I feel about them. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, if I say something about you, then I see you, and it's kind of like, mm. And, you know, and then I, the person whom I was venting to, and I'm a homegirl, I'm a homeboy looking at you like, mm, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I do. I think it's. I think the judgment is the behavior following, you know what I mean, how you feel about that person. Wow. What about you? For me, I think when I express frustration, it tends to be comical. And I think that sometimes when I'm having certain conversations and I get sarcastic and I start (laughs) making, you know, comparisons or what have you, and I think enjoyment creeps into the conversation, then I'm like, okay, hold on, we being petty. Like, (laughs) you get what I'm saying? So (laughs) sometimes, sometimes if it starts to be a conversation that is not really so much about me diffusing the situation me getting something off my chest and now it becomes like I'm really enjoying having this comment and we just be we being real you know sometimes when we're frustrated we enjoy having that conversation with our homegirl or or you know some of you guys I know guys talk too so people always try to act like guys they just so we know y'all simple be and that y'all talk just as much if not more so whenever that conversation starts to get a little bit entertaining I think you know that you you probably talking mess and that's when I pull back and I'm like okay hold on now we probably we we having too much fun over here it was supposed to be a, a release of of bad feelings and now it's Bad feelings about a situation. So, yeah. Bad feelings about a situation. That's good. Um, I can't help but think about Deborah, the prophetess, mm. right? So, Judges 4 and 4 talks about a prophetess. And, you know, in the midst of Judges, Israel was still 
being disrespectful. Um, but they were crying out to God, and God was still placing leaders, you know what I mean, in their lives. And Ehud had just died, and Israel went back to their old ways. And just briefly, you know, again, Judges 4 and 4, it mentioned Deborah. She was sitting under a palm tree, and it says she was judging Israel at that time. And then it says that Israel came to her for their judgment, right? So I like Deborah. You know what I mean? Immediately, when they came to her for their judgment, it was like they knew exactly who to go to. First of all, one, they knew that they were wrong. They knew who they could go to to get a judgment from God. She was a prophetess, so she was trusted. You know, we talked about in other episodes the um, characteristics of prophets or prophetess. So they knew that she was worthy. They knew she was reliable. Um, They knew that she had a relationship with God. And, you know, they went to her for it, and they weren't offended, right? But what I love about Deborah is the next thing she did was gather up Barak, and they went and fought on Israel's behalf, right? So... She didn't treat them the way in which they deserve to be treated. You know, God told her something. She made a judgment based off of what God revealed to her. You know, she cool with God. And y'all just keep running around here disrespecting her. I I could treat you like I don't want to mess with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But instead, she put herself aside. It wasn't about her. You know, it was God told her something about them. They knew they were wrong. She revealed it, and she still went and fought on their behalf. And I think that is godly, you know, of her. And it's amazing to me that it was a woman, right? Wow. Because women, we fall into that. I mean, I do agree that men do it as well, but I think women are more susceptible to it. You know, I think it was important to show, you know what I mean, that women— Still, one, have the power to have a relationship with God or they have the power to make judgment, but she still didn't treat them ill. And um, I think it's a good lesson. Absolutely. Yeah. When you were talking, all I could think about was responsibility. Okay. How there was a responsibility she had Mm -hmm. because you said that people came to her for judgment, to receive judgment, Mm -hmm. which when we look at judgment, the 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 actual word judgment, Mm -hmm. we understand that it is a way in which someone uses their discernment Mm -hmm. about a situation to come to a conclusion, right? And so even in a court of law, we see judges use their, you know, their actual better judgment. (laughs) They use their wisdom to discern if someone is right or wrong based on the facts of the situation, mm-hmm. this is it should not be a good judge when we think about it in a secular sense. A good judge is someone who doesn't put their personal bias, their yes. personal feelings yes. into their rulings, right? I and agree. so when we think about making a judgment, I think that first of all, there's a responsibility that you must have bestowed upon you to be in the proper place to be able to do that. And that's why I believe that that quote that people love so much, only God can judge me, it doesn't particularly mean that God is the only one with the ability to To pass a judgment, but it's that his judgment is the only one that counts and matters in that situation. And so you are not authorized to judge exactly. someone based on, you know, the the certifications you do not have. Um, yes. Because you cannot also sentence that person. Yes. You can't bestow consequences on that person. And so I think that we are looking at stepping outside of jurisdiction spiritually. Yes. We're looking at stepping outside of the responsibility that we have not been given, unlike Deborah, who has been given that 
responsibility and that title of a judge based on the fact that she also had the spiritual characteristics of being a prophetess that gave her that actual ability to be a judge. Right. So I think when we consider that, we have to be mindful that when we are speaking about someone, when we are speaking about a situation, we're coming to conclusions that we are stepping outside of our authority. And that is why it is wrong for us to judge someone else. I like that. That's exactly right. You know what I mean? Hard pill to swallow. That's exactly right. Yeah. I used to say, I used to hate that quote, only God can judge me. (laughs) Because I'm like, that ain't true. I could judge you too, you know? I I could, (laughs) you know what I mean? And so I... I think that the word judge has a derogatory attachment to it. And I think that that's probably why people use it or feel some kind of way about it. Oh, y'all judging me, y'all judging me. God revealed something to me because, honestly, the only person who we really need to be venting to is God, right? As soon as it happens, you take it to Him. He'll reveal something to you, but that's just for your confirmation, right? So we can almost say that judgment and discernment, or they walk a fine line. You know Absolutely. what I mean? God will tell you something and you can make a judgment off of it. I know you and I were talking the other day and you was like, if I walk into a party and something, ain't, something going wrong with this, you know what I mean? You made a judgment about the party right. because your spirit won't sit in right because spiritual things are spiritually discerned. So you made a judgment and you did not go against your better judgment and you left, right? And we do that with people. You know what I mean? A situation can arise. I may talk to somebody about the situation in frustration or what have you, and I realize, okay, because this person made these kind of actions, I think I'm cool on this person. When I see you, it's still, hi, hello, how are you? May God bless you. I mean, because I made a conclusion about you through God, right? Mm -hmm. God concluded something about you to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I still think we have to be, you know, mindful. It kind of toes the line there because— We're also called to forgive. Yeah. Seven times 70, right? We're called to forgive. We're called to turn the other cheek. When God forgives, he forgives and forgets. And I think Mm -hmm. that in order to protect ourselves, we tend to forgive and reassign people, right? We're like, oh, I forgive you. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cuss you out. You know, I'm not gonna come at you with anger, but I'm not going to also give you back all the privileges you had before that situation. But I don't know that that is how we're supposed to forgive. I think that's a comfortable way to forgive. Mm. But I think, you know, did we truly forgive if we remember the transgressions of that person from the past? Well I will say honestly I'm probably going to need to do some more studying. You know what (laughs) I mean? But a situation can happen between me and somebody. I will pray about it. I will seek counsel about it. And I will come to a conclusion about the characteristics of that person. And I change the way in which I interact with you. You know what I mean? I do. And I don't know if that's right. You know what I mean? But I think it's common. But is it right? You know, I don't know that that's biblical, but, you know, just so that I won't have to, because I remember how you made me feel in that situation. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it again. Right. So now I have to just detach myself from you or change the kind of relationship you and I have to protect myself. Because if I continue to deal with you, then there's going to be some more frustration, some more venting. Now I'm falling back into displeasing God. And it's just, I take some more time to, you know, pray about that and, you know, and study it. But I do. I change my whole interaction with people. I identify with that. I think a part of that is wisdom, but I think it's the way in which we reach that conclusion or talk about the conclusion. Mm -hmm. Like, if there's someone that we choose not to hang out with anymore based on 
who they've shown us they are. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's against God to use wisdom in a situation based on information that you've concluded. Okay. But mm-hmm. I think that when we say, now nah, I ain't hanging out with them no more because last time, da 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 And so now that person is a da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So now your talk is foul. Yeah. And now you are, you know, speaking ill against somebody versus just saying, well, I'm making a, I'm discerning the situation. I'm discerning the person. I'm making a wise decision. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the part where we have to use God in prayer to navigate, uh, <laughs> to navigate that situation so that we can do that with the most respect and love yeah. that we possibly can pull. Yeah. You know, and that's what we need the Holy Spirit for because we're not God. I said God forgives and forgets, you know, but us as humans, we often, that sounds terrifying to us because we're like, hold on now, I can't forget now because if I forget, I can end up hurting or harming myself by staying involved with this person in capacity that I was before. So there is a separation there between God and man. We don't view things and the way that God does um, Mm -hmm. because he is, you know, divine. And so we do need help with some of those things. That's what we, that's why we lean on the Holy Spirit for guidance. That's why we pray to God and ask for help in those areas because human nature does not say to, you know, does not help us, I think, to forgive and forget like that. And so I do think that it's, there's some wisdom attached to that. We just have to make sure that overall we're walking in love. Yeah, absolutely. Here in Luke 17, 3, it says, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Mm-hmm. That is what the word says, is if he forgive, if he says, forgive me, you forgive him. Seven times, eight times. Now... I think that forgiveness is a heart situation. All right. But to your point earlier, the wisdom side of it is, I forgive you. Oh, no, I absolutely, I continue to forgive you, meaning that you treat that person with love. Yeah. But I think in addition to that forgiveness, your wisdom will determine your steps and involvement with them moving forward. Like what I would imagine is like, you know, I love, oh, I love that person to death. They're great. I just, I just, you know, prefer to hang out with a different group these days. You're not downing that person. Mm-hmm. You're not speaking ill against them. You're not, you know, using foul talk. Mm-hmm. I think that there's just a way to do it. And that is what, you know, we need Christ for. It's interesting because a lot of this goes back to our speech. The Bible talks a lot about how we talk. And so in Matthew 12, 13, it says, And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. Mm. It also says in Proverbs 29, 11, it says, Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. Mm -mm. So the fact that we continue to utilize venting, I think is an outlet that we believe is harmless. Mm -hmm. The Bible is clear that we shouldn't go down that road. And I think venting is actually a road to possibly, you know, letting unwholesome talk flow. 
You know, some things are avenues to sin. And I think venting, although it appears to be the better of the choices, because we do have anger, it's not a sin to be angry, but what you do in your anger typically can lead to sin. And so God never said not to be angry. He said, in your anger, do not sin. Um, And so I think that we have grown accustomed to doing something to release that anger. And what we ultimately need to do is pray through that moment and ask God to change our hearts. I've been in a situation where I was sitting in a room and was like, I am not feeling this person. I'm so not feeling this person. And I had to pray on spot. And when I tell you, I don't know what happened to those ill feelings, but the enemy did not have a foothold after that, after I prayed. You know, that was, I think, what we have to do in order to navigate those negative feelings that will come up. Mm-hmm. because that's how life goes. Mm-hmm. You know, we will have negative feelings. And so what we do with making sure that we are not sinning, just because they come up doesn't mean we have to entertain them. Mm-hmm. I think this is a challenge for all of us. Oh, for sure. There's like this prim and proper picture made of God. Mm-hmm. So I think that when people people don't think to come to Him in their very raw emotions, and they much would rather do it to a human because they think that the other person can relate because they're human. They, I don't know that people know God as well as we should because if we did, then we would know that He has the same kind of emotions in which we do. He is just a spirit. I think that people should just take it straight to God, right in the midst. But I keep, I think, I think, I think (laughs) my my belief um, is that, you know, that people just don't take it straight to God because there is this prim and proper picture painted of him. So I think when people come to God, they kind of like tiptoe around things or, you know, or that's just not how prayer works, right? That's just not how it works. So if you're going to vent the same way you would talk to your homegirl or your homeboy or your mom or your child, it's the same way you need to talk to God. He understands and he'll fix it. Honestly, it's adding coal to the fire when you get on the phone with your friend right in the midst. First of all, how inconsiderate, okay? Because uh-huh. now you done messed up your homegirl day or your homeboy day. Call it with this foolishness. What if I was busy? Right? What if I was in the midst of praying or watching cartoons and you just call me, girl, let me tell you. And you could be causing your sister to stumble. You which could. is a, another thing that the word says is do not, you know, cause another believer to stumble. And that could possibly you're now you're dragging somebody else into your sin too. You are. And the receiver, honestly, has a responsibility as well. You know what I mean? I know I, I know that people to vent. I'm not the person somebody going to pick up the phone to call because I'm going to respond in a way in which you need to hear, but I know you didn't want to hear it. So I think that people call people who would entertain them versus people who would correct them, right? (laughs) And we'll get into accountability. But the receiver has a job as well. You know, oh, girl, let me... (laughs) Let me call you back. You know what I mean? Uh, mm, did you pray about it? I know you and I are really good with that. Yeah, so did you pray about it? And I find mm-hmm. now, lately, you know, we we when, once you and I talk, say, girl, I was praying and, yeah. okay, good. Thank you because I knew you took it to God first and now we're having a godly conversation because we can discuss what God revealed to you. That's different. It's so many other things in this world to talk about versus you know what I mean? Somebody else. I know we, we've been talking. It's like, girl, I'm tired of talking about this. Yes. You know what I mean? Because it's like... Ooh, like, I'm just tired of talking about it, you know? I mean, so words are a gift and a curse, you know what I mean? You use them the wrong way. You're cursing somebody. Using the right way, they can be a blessing. Your tongue is precious. You want to make sure you're not doing worship, praying, evangelizing, cussing, rumor, you know what I mean? All with this, because it's powerful. 
And um, I agree. It is something that I think as a nation, <laughs> you know what I mean, really needs to work on. Yeah. So what you were saying makes me think of Ephesians 4 and 29, which says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, yeah. but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Wow. Those who listen. Those who listen. That really stood out to me because most mm-hmm. of the time, you know, when we we're when I first read that, I'm thinking, oh, building up each other. So if we talk about someone, we got to make sure we're building them up. But to your point earlier, when you were discussing bringing your brother or sister into your mess, into your sin, mm-hmm. into your frustration and venting, you know, it's interesting because this verse does not talk about who you're talking about. This mm-hmm. verse is discussing who's listening. That's good. So what I say needs to be beneficial to your ears, whether we're talking about you specifically or not. So the person we're typically gossiping about or frustrated, you know, with is not normally going to be in the vicinity or in the room when we're having these discussions. So you see the responsibility of the speaker to make sure that not only do you um, not cause your fellow sister or brother in Christ to sin or stumble Mm -hmm. into sin, but you also need to make sure that your words are beneficial to those who hear them. Absolutely. And I think that that is just so... So, so, so awesome. Absolutely. So awesome. You Absolutely. know, and, and you just want to make sure that because you are being wholesome and talk, it will help you to keep the devil from getting a foothold. As it says in Ephesians 4, 26 through 27, it mentions the devil getting a foothold. And that is ultimately, I think, if we keep that in mind and keep in mind the fact that we really don't want this to lead down a road, this conversation, these thoughts, these, you know, frustrations that are building up the resentment. We don't want that to lead us down a road where the enemy can have a foothold and begin to whisper negative things about that person when we're in their presence. It's only a matter of time, really. It's only a matter of time. I think we give ourselves way too much credit to be able to separate our emotions in our actions because we're just not designed to to separate like that. And so ultimately, the more you discuss things that are unwholesome, the more that you vent, which the Bible calls foolish— I think you begin to open up a foothold for those things to come rushing back to you when you are in the presence of that person. And then what? Now what can you say? You know, or what if you forgive somebody quicker than the person you were talking to does? Right. So now we're in the vicinity and this person is here and I'm all, hey, how are you? And my homegirl over in the corner who is just like got a straight old attitude with you because of what I said. Absolutely. Now I got to explain to my homegirl why I was able to forgive you. Now she and I or he and I got some friction because, okay, well, I just don't understand. Right, mm. you know what I mean. I, so I, I really or I'm did. mad because of you, because you, you the you, reason. Right. You, you put these. No, I don't on me. like her. Like <laughs> how you like her now, and then I don't. They like, don't even. Yeah. She don't even know me. Yeah. Usually, usually they don't even know you. Um, but they be so, like, ain't that that coworker you told me about? Y'all don't like her. Well, we don't like her. We it's don't like, like okay, her. Well, I have to, I have to work with this person. So God help me to forgive. Well, I still don't like her. Well, and God now, forgives. I don't leave that to Rick Ross. <laughs> like, leave that to Rick. Okay, for sure. Uh, I, you know, but I think it's important that we don't get ahead of ourselves and begin to treat people the way we think that they should be treated. Wow. It, that's again, like you mentioned, that's we don't have that authority. You know what I mean? And, and to Deborah's point, the way she felt about them was revealed to her by God. She didn't treat them any differently. 
Now, God will reveal some things to you about somebody. That's not for you to treat them any differently, but that's just because he just wanted you to know, hey, heads up. <laughs> this is what I got for you going on in your life. This is what kind of person this person is. Heads up. What you do with that information, heads up. You right. know? Right, exactly. Yeah. So when we're speaking on frustration versus judgment mm -hmm. and how to make sure you're not tipping into judgment, I think ultimately that probably is the wrong question to ask when you're in that moment. Because the point is, you know, if you have to ask it, you probably have already spoken words that were um, unbecoming. Well, what question are you talking about? Oh, am I judging this person? I say that sometimes. I'm like, oh, my judgment. But guess what? <laughs> if I wouldn't have to ask that question if I didn't say something off the wall, mm. you know, I wouldn't have to ask that question if I wasn't already in the conversation in which I asked that question, right? right? But if I know that I'm irritated about a situation and the thing that I say and when I get my quiet time or when I get a moment in the car to myself, it's like, Lord, okay, Lord. You know, I'm really, really frustrated. Please help me to walk in love. Lord, please mm, help me good. not to let my heart grow hardened toward yeah. this person. Lord, help me through this situation because I really don't want to dislike this person. Ultimately, if you handle it like that, there's not too many situations that are going to lead you to posing that question of, oh, did I just judge them? If you did, nobody would know about it because you weren't speaking out loud, you know. But I think we need to give space for God to work on our heart and deal with our heart exactly. ultimately. And so based on what you said, when you mentioned the way we can talk to God candidly, that is so true and yeah. something to remember. And I think that when we are venting, quote unquote, to God, there are certain words we are not going to use talking about his children. Okay. So there's a filter automatically built into having these conversations with God versus my homegirl. Because my homegirl going to giggle. God will not. She is going to giggle. She going to giggle because I be, be funny when I be mad. She's like, <laughs> you know. She's hilarious anyway, but. Oh, oh, mean? Yeah, it's high okay. in the wind. But see, I don't want to be hilarious and mean. And I've noticed, I think sometimes that's another part of it that we have to recognize is who enjoys when you're being messy? Be careful of the people who really enjoy the petty version of you and when you're being, when when you're the version of you that you have to repent for. Because mm. I know there's some people that I recognize, they were living their best life. Like they had paid a premium ticket price for a comedy show when I'm being petty. Wow. And I'm like, you know what? I don't even like how I feel when I leave that situation. Yeah. But I can, I just kept replaying the elation on that person's face mm -hmm. being a part of that conversation. Wow. And I'm like, you know, I got to be careful because if you really, really enjoy the side of me that I am trying to rectify spiritually and I'm trying to repent for, then you're probably not somebody I need to make a habit of speaking to because not only will you encourage it, you're enjoying me not being as godly as I should be. So I think it's about how you say things, right? Because I do think that, again, from our observations, we begin to uh, make a judgment about somebody or we, you know, begin frustrated at their behavior. But it's a way to say things. You know, I love my circle. Mm -hmm. And I was having a conversation with one of my friends when she was here. What's up, Janine? But I was having a conversation <laughs> with her and she was like, listen, this girl, like, reads the encyclopedia at night. I don't know. <laughs> I do not know why she has so many words. Alyssa's good, too. I don't know why y'all have so many words in y'all vocabulary. But she was like, you know, what you're saying is not wrong. You're just using the wrong words. 
So I think it's important. We probably need to read read the so I think I think that it would do us some good, you know, so that we can express ourselves eloquently, right? Mm-hmm. Because your feelings are still valid. How you feel about somebody may be true, but when you start calling people names that you shouldn't really be calling them, then the other person who you're talking to enjoys, and that's when it yeah. becomes petty, right? You may very well think that this person is She's selfish, shit, shit, shit. Right. Well, you can also say, well, I, you know, I think sometimes she just really focuses on herself and neglects others, right? That's selfish. Yeah, you separate the, I think separating the action from putting that on someone's character right. is really huge. Right. Because let's say somebody picked up a pen and technically, I guess by definition, they stole it, right? Mm-hmm. They, they picked up the pen, they put it in their pocket after they were done using mm-hmm. it and walked out the door, mm-hmm. maybe intentionally or unintentionally. But now the difference between them doing an act, oh, okay, there was a moment where, oh, they stole the pen. You now turn that person into a thief. Not a thief. Especially if you you if you paint the picture nice enough right. to your part to their frame, like this would be they are a thief. I, Let me put my purse put my, up. Put my pen Every time on they my around shirt. it, right? <laughs> Protecting your pens at all costs. Cause you I heard you was a thief. You a right. pen thief. <laughs> it's like, okay, I picked up the pen one time. Now I'm a thief by like character. Uh, yeah, that's and I true. think that is the danger is we do tend to characterize people based on what they do. That's good advice. Alisa, you know what I mean? I, so w- when we're discussing things or when you're discussing somebody, you know what I mean? Make sure you're talking about the situation. Make sure you're discussing the action and not using derogatory words to just tear this person down because that's not our mission. Now, if you notice something about that person, then you want to address it and you want to make them accountable. But we'll talk about that. But you know what I mean? <laughs> just 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 for the sake of protecting your tongue, for the sake of encouraging others, for the sake of being biblically correct, take it to God. He'll reveal it. And actually, I promise you, by the time you get done talking to God about it, he's a great listener. He ain't going to say nothing back. <laughs> yeah, he might. <laughs> don't say he won't say nothing back. I mean, not, I don't mean it like He'll that. He'll bring but. it around where you end up being the one on the stand. You end up being the one who's judged and then it puts things into perspective. I feel like there's been times where God has flipped that thing for me and I'm like, oh, I get it now. I mean, my thing is when I say he's a great listener. He ain't going to say nothing back. I mean, your homegirl would have an immediate, she's going to say something and back. And sometimes that's, it. you know what you're doing you know when what you pick you're doing. who, who you're you going. to talk to God. Because you want to hear somebody say something. Exactly. And and we know what we're doing. We all know, you know, who is the one who's going to sit with us and talk to us. And we, honestly, let's be real. A lot of us do avoid those friends who are going to say, well, I know, you know y'all ain't calling me. That ain't, yeah, like, don't call me with this mess. With you. <laughs> it used to get on my nerves, like, so much because I have, you know, a friend that I feel like when this person's ready to vent, it's like, you know, I giggle, you know, like, ah, you know, but if I was ready to vent, it's, well, you know, maybe they just are going through something. Well, maybe. And I used to be like, bruh, <laughs> I know you. Maybe this is exactly why I don't need to be saying what I'm saying, uh-huh. because if, you know, <laughs> every time I talk to you, you make me feel like I'm a horrible person and wow. you give all this perspective. But when you rated event, you know, you saying the worst kind of stuff. And it's like, man, you know what? This is why I shouldn't be doing this anyway. I shouldn't even came to you about this anyway, because you absolutely right. You know, yeah, maybe they are just going through a tough time. And I think it's times like that that'll humble you where you're like, okay, 
It might be okay right now to go ahead and pick up the phone and kiki and laugh about something or, you know, say an offhanded comment. But then when that person checks you, you're like, man, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I agree. I agree, friend. You get some great, great advice. You know, I hope I hope that we were able to encourage you all today. You know what I mean? Take that thing to God. He's a, he's a great listener. He's a really good friend. And you may get you some conviction in the midst of you venting because uh, he'll do it for you. And those friends who enjoy those conversations will end up, you'll you'll find that if you're someone who those conversations are brought to, those conversations will slow down. They'll slow down when you're not feeding into it. Because when people are mad, they want that feedback. And I would not say to beat yourself up over it if you were someone who entertained those conversations. I think we all have to be on our, you know, P's and Q's when it comes to receiving conversations, if it catches us off guard. Sometimes yeah. we aren't fresh off of, you know, a Marvin Sapp album. We just, <laughs> we like, you know, might have just was was listening to something else or we just, you know, are in what we assume to be a normal conversation. And so we don't always have our armor of God on, right? And so I think that it's something we have to be so intentional about because it's so easy to get caught up. And so if you're someone who used to entertain or have a habit or a background of entertaining these conversations don't feel bad repent and just start rewiring the way that you handle these situations I think when you become the person who goes okay well you know um, I don't know if that I wouldn't say that about the person you know maybe we shouldn't say that you know and it doesn't mean you have to make excuses for the person but right. there's a way that we can be godly and hold each other accountable and be someone who maintains order mm-hmm. and so I would say don't beat yourself up we are literally all me and C are still we got to pray about this every day we got to surrender this every day mm-hmm. you know not saying that this is our pastime but it's a, I think, a normal human a reaction, but yeah. we are not to walk in the natural. We're to walk in the supernatural through the spirit. Hey! That part. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Sierra. And this is Elisa. And this is how you navigate, navigate with, with faith. Thank you for listening to the Navigate with Faith podcast. Special thank you to Dante Hodge, our executive producer and editor. And thank you to the Pigment Playground for designing our show artwork and graphics. Music by Turn Me Up J. Cav. This episode was recorded at Listen Up Audio in Atlanta, Georgia. Be sure to subscribe to the Navigate with Faith podcast on your favorite platform and follow us on social media at Navigate with Faith on Instagram and Facebook and Navigate W Faith on Twitter.